Welcome in, racing fans. A little different look than usual for us for these roundtables uh, in the money media, as well as Meadowlands Racing Entertainment. Proud to present this Hamiltonian roundtable for 2022, the Perfect Trip Roundtable. We'll break down uh, plenty of the Saturday action at the Meadowlands. So go on and welcome in, this time on camera, my usual guest of panelists, uh, Mike Probosi, to my right here on screen. Mike, welcome. I love that I'm the first one introduced this time. Usually I'm last, first. Garnett, we saw uh, that Bill shirt in the Meadowlands Winter Circle a couple hours ago and uh, checking out the action for your hotel room. I thought we could see you at the Meadowlands here in this background. It's, it's a bit of a long story, but uh, I'm happy to be here. Glad to have her with you, my friends, and Ray. <laughs> Speaking of Ray, Ray directly below me. Uh, Ray, Ray's definitely got the uh, very professional. Uh, directly style. what, you, Ed? I'm sorry. Can you repeat that for me? Directly below me. You were going to be in my spot in the upper left, but you got the bottom instead. Ed, hey, I'm happy to be here. <laughs> Robert Reed Jr., uh, Robert, you know, I just recorded with Murray Slough, our, our first over show for Woodbine Mohawk, and you know, it's been exactly one year ago since you and I recorded the first ever episode, and we were discussing that night Ontario Sire Stakes action, in particular, a horse named Bulldog Hanover that night. Yeah, pretty amazing uh, where that's all gone since then, uh, Bulldog Hanover. Wish we were seeing him in action on, uh, on Saturday, though, but uh, unfortunately, that's not the case. And Derek Gibner, DRF Harness, joins us. Derek, welcome as always. It's great to be here. I passed up my usual, the newsletter's done drink for this, so uh, better be good. <laughs> oh, that's right. I had a drink I meant to have with me beside me here. I totally forgot about that, but but oh well. Um, so we will thank uh, the Meadowlands Racing Entertainment, uh, Jason Settlemore, and the rest of the team up there for sponsoring this uh, roundtable. And for sure, we welcome you to come out on Saturday afternoon. It's a 12 p.m. first post time, 16 races at the Meadowlands. The doors will open at 10 a.m., Again, first post is at noon. It's $5 admission, which includes a baseball cap, which uh, I have last year's one right here beside me, so it should be very similar. And I think uh, Derek's got a couple of them hanging up behind him as well. So a uh, free giveaway there with your paid admission. Uh, plenty of dining options and uh, all sorts of lounge and cafe dining available. And you can take a look at that information at playmetalands.com or call 201-THE-BIG-M. Uh, the action we're all there to see on the track, which we'll discuss here tonight. The racing action will include over $3 million in stakes, the $1 million Hamiltonian, the Hamiltonian Oaks, the Sam McKee Memorial, the John Cashman, and plenty of other stakes that we will discuss here. Of course, there's plenty of wagering on those races, lots of multi-race uh, exotics, including a pick six that will start right away in race one, pick five that will start in race three, the Survivor starts in race five. The two pick fours will be races 8 through 11 and races 11, or rather races 12 through 15. That late pick four, $125,000 guaranteed pool, pick six in race 10, and super high five wagering races 15 and 16. And there's even a special cross-country pick five that will link some races from Saratoga to the Meadowlands races. And as for the off-track entertainment, there is live music, carnival rides and games, pony rides, meet and greet with the Hambo Pony, meet and greet with our trainers and drivers before the races start, food trucks, Hambo hat contest, and more. So there is a lot to look forward to on Hamiltonian Day, but we will talk about some of the racing on that Hamiltonian Day. And we'll jump into the action with the fifth race that starts the major stakes action. That will be the Peter Houghton Memorial Final. We had one elimination last week. Oh, well, accepted the bye. It was a field of nine in that elimination. Kilmister got the job done in the elimination, and those top two both come from trainer Marcus Melanders Barnes. They appear to be the two to knock off here, don't they, Mike? They do, but I like someone else. And uh, what? <laughs> shout out to uh, Michael Carter, who is uh, one of GB's good buddies, and uh, he's uh, 
you know, obviously very uh, known to the harness racing community. And here's a horse named after him, I would imagine, the five, Carter Michael Dale, who was a flash in the stretch on that elimination on July 29th. And I'm familiar with this horse because he was up in Mohawk and he was heavily bet in a couple two-year-old races and he was running all over the racetrack. At, at one point on June the 30th, he had a massive lead, 11 lengths and, and looked clear. I uh, decided to, you know, just jump it off and, and everybody caught up to him. Uh, but since then, he's, you know, transferred to Burke shows up at Philly, wins easy, then nine hole last week, ends up not even trotting until the last, basically eighth of a mile, kicked 27 and three, was coming home better than everybody else. Now he gets a better post. Uh, you're going to still get a price, I think, here on this horse because of his antics. But I think that's what I'm looking for here. I'm looking for something that's on the improve. You know Burke's going to have him ready to go. You're going to get a price. Give me the five here to start. Uh, I think this is a good price here to start the, the Peter Houghton. You know, Mike, I took a similar idea to you. Uh, you know, I ended up using the eight and the one. I thought maybe just a little bit above, but the price that I did like underneath was indeed the five uh, Carter Michael Deo as well. And uh, Robert, it looks like you're agreeing with that too. Yeah, I mean, he, he took the words in my mouth. So I, what I have written down in my notes is um, uh, kill, kill, kill Mister is probably the best, but uh, Carter Mike. Michael Deo was the one that uh, I think is a value play in here. Second start, Burke now. I mean, the first effort was obviously uh, an impressive one. I thought that, uh, you know, like Mike said, he was trotting best of all in the final stages. One more step or two more steps, he's going to be second in there. Uh, and this horse at Mohawk Park looked like a bit of a freak uh, in his second start anyways before he ended up uh, making that costly miscue. So uh, I, we've seen uh, horses, you know, transform into something, you know, much better than they were. And this horse is already a good one. Uh, and in the Burke Barn, I think that uh, we're going to see this one even race better in his second start. So I do think the one is the, is the horse to beat. But uh, Carter Michael Deo is the one that I'm uh, very keen to see what the price is going to be on. Derek, thoughts on this race? Maybe you see me shaking my head. <laughs> um, I mean, listen, what kind of price do you guys think you're going to get on Carter Michael Dale? I look at yeah. this race and I see he's the third choice in this race. You know? Three to one. I say three to one. Three to one, third I mean, choice. And I don't think three to one's a great price on this that. particular horse. I mean, I'm not taking three to one. I think, I think he's higher. I'm not taking the horse. There's a lot of money. Yeah, I think he's higher. To me, this horse, I look at him and I say, you know, if you're going to get eight to one or higher, yeah, he's a horse that you can consider. He, he raced well last week, he finished willingly. You know, maybe Burke has gotten a little bit more out of him, but uh, I don't look at this horse and say, hey, this is a horse I want to, you know, put all my money on. I think that from what I've seen of Owell, I think he's much more talented so far from what I've seen of him. I think I disagree with uh, Robert in that I think Owell's the horse to beat, not Killmeister. Um, we, we didn't get to see him last week in the elimination round, so maybe people forget about him, but uh, this guy's got a lot of talent and. I like some other horses underneath that are, are actually going to be price horses or, or a little bit better price horses. Uh, one being Celebrity Bambino, who tried to leave last week, so everyone else was leaving and basically gave up because it was an elimination where they only eliminated one horse. So I think you're going to see a much more forwardly placed horse uh, in him this week. And for a huge bomb type of horse is Wallander, who, you know what? And I know, I know Ray is, was going to throw his hands up because he actually watched the replay last week. And this horse was completely blocked. Would he have won the race? No chance. But he probably would have been third instead of, I think he finished fifth. So there was a little bit more in the tank there. I don't expect Wallander to win the race, but 
he could be third at 25 or 30 to one. All right, Ray, uh, you can give your thoughts yeah. on this race. And remember, um, everyone else, we're on camera this time, so we have to the, pretend to care and look when Ray's talking. I Well, for, first thing I've been kind of thinking about is why do we call it a buy? Because it's, it's like the, why, they, the horse shows up the next week. Shouldn't we just call it like a hello or a welcome? <laughs> somebody, start the, somebody start the timer. <laughs> this is something that has been eating at me. As much as the fact that Givner and I saw the exact same thing out of this race, beyond me noticing, oh well. I my thoughts are Celebrity Bambino will be more aggressive from what I've seen of him in previous starts. I rank him as one of the higher contenders in this race. He's probably going to be maybe more value than oh well. I'm not sure if you agree with that, Derek. I imagine him being a higher price for one, and on top of that, being forwardly placed in a position where he benefits the most. Uh, but beyond that, with Wallendar specifically, the thing you didn't touch on, though, is the fact that he was slipping through at the inside. And to me, for a horse that has shown breaks week after week after week to show that kind of maturity to gain ground to the inside is that to me, that makes that's more interesting than seeing a horse with clear sailing. No one around him just trot down the center of the track at full speed. You, you kind of have to have your head about you. And that shows some kind of progression to make Wallendar a real sharp horse for the underneath spot, but I'm fairly interested in celebrity Bambino here. I think he's going to be put into play and whether that means he wins. Oh, <laughs> who knows? Oh, well. doesn't that help the five in the race though? And doesn't he was less than two to one versus these horses. What is his price this week? I have if seen we think the five is going to take so much money. Well, first off, I've seen Carter Michael Deos my entire life. I'm not talking about the Carter Michael. I'm talking about these kinds of horses that trot these fantastic final quarters, then get hammered at the windows, and then all of a sudden they race a fairly average effort. In a two-year-old race, there is a higher upswing potential for a lot of them, but in terms of what you're looking at at the form, I feel like he's the wise guy horse, and that automatically devalues it. I don't know. I think that they've been high on this horse from the start. I mean, he was getting hammered in Mohawk races off qualifiers. Yeah, he misbehaved himself, but trainer change. Things are different. Will he be 10 to 1? Maybe not. But I don't think he's going to get hammered as much as everyone thinks because there's other horses to bet in the race. Yeah, I agree, Mike. I, I think uh, – I, I, I'm not even sure if he's the third choice. You're right. You look at the kind of money Celebrity and Bino took last week. I don't know, but even if he is the third choice, I, I think Killmister is the one that takes a lot of money. But I, Well, I don't know, Derek, were you arguing you thought – was it Derek that said Owell was the one to beat? Do you think he's the favorite then? I think Owell's the favorite in this spot. I mean, in my mind, he's eight to five, Kilmister maybe five to two, two to one range. And then Michael Carter Dato will be third choice. Remember, it's not just Burke and a horse that goes well and everyone loves the horse that goes well. It's also Dexter Dunn. I mean, so you're combining a lot of things that I, I think will drive this horse's price down. And I don't think you're going to get a lot of value in this horse. You know, maybe you'll get five to one. But I, if he's more than five to one, I'll be surprised. And I think he'll be, be bet heavy in the multi races, you know, where people look to find that long morning line horse that they can get that uh, maybe won't be as long uh, in the wind pods. So I, I've gotten the text message here live from uh, Michael Carter. Uh, He's a decent horse. I wish I knew how he was named, and I just clarified that no one talked about the name. No, they did not. I wish. So he was not involved with that. Uh, Garnett? Uh, I hate to agree with Ray right off the bat. I must have just <laughs> thrown myself the door. But I really do think this is going to be a, like a wise guy horse. I think um, 
and these and, and I'm not going to be on these horses and, and you're going to find out in the Oaks, I'm not going to be on the wise guy Philly either that everybody somehow knew was going to win when she was gapped off and not keeping up, but we'll talk about that later. But <laughs> I had uh, kill Mr. On top. Oh, well, I'm, I might throw upstaged in there. This is not a, not a race. I'm looking to bet a lot on probably uh, maybe try this survivor pick seven, starting it out with one and eight, but um, I'm not saying Carter Michael Leo can't win the race, but I mean, you got Anthony McDonald, putting up these videos saying how he was, you know, his last quarter was one second faster than every other horse in the field. So you're going to have hundreds of people that watch for the owners from the stable betting this horse. I think he's going to get bet a lot more than, than some other guys uh, on the panel do, but we'll see, I guess. Well, next we'll turn our attention further on the card. Uh, race eight quarter million dollar cane pace comes up. That's for the three-year-old Colt and Gelding Pacers. We're going to see a Meadowlands Pace rematch coming up. It'll be Beachglass versus Nighthawk once again. But Beachglass disappointed a bit last week in that Adios final, uh, Derek. Yeah, I mean, listen, it's funny because we asked a whole bunch of handicappers to give picks, and everyone went against Beachglass except for one. They were all looking to beat him. And on paper, he's clearly three to five shot who should win the race. But I think there are some negatives. Well, one negative and one positive the other way. The negative is this is going to be his fifth straight week racing. And, you know, week after week after week racing takes a little bit something out of you, especially when you're going 47 and 48 miles every single week. Uh, I'm I'm leaning towards Mad Max Hanover because I think his last race was spectacular. I think the track was playing slow. I think that 47 and 4, I think it was, mile might have been close to a 47 or 46 and 4 mile on a fast track. Um that's the way I'm going, assuming I can get five to two, or maybe even I would accept two to one. But if as many people try to beat classes as the handicappers that I was asking do, you know, maybe that also be seven to five, and then I don't want any part of them. Derek, I got to ask you this, though, because Ed told me about this. By going into the Meadowlands pace, you, were, you and Ed were talking in the press box, and Ed asked you, what horse you thought I liked going into the Meadowlands pace. And do you remember which horse you said? Was it Mad Max Hanover? It was Mad Max Hanover. And I want to know how you knew that. You just got to get inside your mind a little bit. <laughs> and uh, you look at the race, right? And you try to figure out the horse that no one else is going to bet, right? But but there's some sort of, you know, smallest little detail in there that might make you think that he has a one in a hundred chance of winning. And that's the horse that Ray loves. <laughs> I, I, I'm in full agreement with Derek here in this spot, especially though, on top of that, I even, I even said it after the Meadowlands pace, like this, this horse has a whole ton of potential going forward. Even you can forgive the North America cut completely. That horse had a tough spot, just kind of got taken off the gate, never really put into the race. And it was in that Meadowlands pace final where he was actually given an aggressive drive, put in a striking spot and he finished the race fairly well. Uh, the main question I feel like a lot of us will have, though, then is when you have a horse like Beach Glass coming in off of that loss, do we get do we get a decent price on Mad Max Hanover, or because he's now kind of the it horse, so to speak, does that drive his price down? Uh, that that's kind of the question to raise. Uh, the only other thing I'll add is maybe early action starts turning around, and I will not answer any further. All right, Garnett and Robert are both looking down. One of them just had tactical planner at Mohawk for sixty-seven to one, so I'm guessing it was Robert. <laughs> No, I no, wish. I, I did not. I'm looking for I'm looking for the last leg of the Meadowlands pick four, which hasn't gone up yet. Uh, Robert, thoughts on this race? 
I, I mean, I, I go back to Beach Glass. I, I don't know. I, I looked at this field and I thought that, you know, he should probably have his way with them. And I, Mad Max Hanover was amazing last time, of course. But, uh, you know, I, I also think that um, I think he might take more action than he than he probably should because of that effort. And, and people will detract from Beach Glass because of his defeat last time. So I, I think he gets back to, uh, you know, the place of his big victory. And I think he goes out there and, and, and takes care of business. And, and to me, I actually would lean Nighthawk. I think it's I think it's those two, and then Mad Max for me. And and early action's one that I would love it if he could go out there and 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 compete with these. I've needed him in a few spots though, and he's let me down. So I'm I'm kind of off that bandwagon now. My numbers are pretty much uh, with what everyone said. I've got six, eight, three, four. Beach Glass over Nighthawk over Mad Max Hanover. How about Forever Boy though, uh, Mike? Come on, you got to at least give a love, little love to the connections out there, right? Well, I certainly like Forever Boy more than Nighthawk. I don't understand why everyone keeps going back to Nighthawk. He's not given me any indication that he has really any redeeming value in the race. He's, he's four to one. He's probably going to be the third choice, and he should be nowhere near what he ever is. I don't, you know, the last time he won was, you know, at Pocono back in May. So, and he gets bet every week, and he really doesn't race all that great. Yeah, he's making money, but. I don't know. I, I just I feel like the, the three and the six are the only two horses that you really can bet in the race. And they're going to take all the money in the race. And everybody is going to be a lot higher, uh, probably more than they should be. But really, uh, I mean, who else who else can win the race besides those two? I don't think many can. I think Forever Boy I likes the bigger track better than the smaller tracks. I think that that he stands to finish a nice third in the race at a decent price. Uh, I think he likes it better here than he does at the Meadows. Uh you know, his audios, his elimination was decent, but, uh, you know, the final, he just got stuck too far out of it against fast horses and really had no chance. So better chance for him to hit the exotics, but this isn't a race you're going to make a lot of money in. I, I think you need to decide, do you want Mad Max? Do you want Beach Glass to start this pick four here that starts in race number eight and move forward? I don't know that a win bet is the right play here. I think you need to isolate one of the two, play exotics and, and move forward and just kind of enjoy the race. Garnett, I I'm kind of with with Mike here. I, I think you maybe you split hairs and try and single one of them. I'm on Mad Max Hanover. I like the paired 147 and four miles, and uh, kind of along the lines of where Derek was alluding to, the five weeks in a row for for Beach Class might be you know might be starting to take a little bit out of them. Uh, I don't specifically believe in a bounce from one week to the next, but I do believe horses can wear down over time if they keep going these big miles week after week with no breaks and. You know, uh, Mad Max Hanover is peaking right now, and each class maybe isn't. Well, with that, we'll turn our attention to race 10. That is the Sam McKee Memorial at the TVG uh, free-for-all. And, Ray, we'll end up going to you first here uh, because um, you always give us such an elegant explanation of horses and the speed that they go at. So Rocky yeah. Road versus the Buckabet mm -hmm. Hanover, who wins if not one of those two? And can they go 145 and three? Because people have been talking about it in the daytime. Uh, see, here, here's the conundrum. On one hand, horses do like to race fast when they're alone. On another hand, certain horses race really fast when they're chasing something. So the question here is you have two horses that do real well chasing in Rocky Road and a buck a bet. Do they have the kind of speed that goes that 46 mile? Do they not? I feel like that's a fair question to ask. I feel like we should also remember that Catch the Fire is a legitimate aged horse. He's a He belongs at this top level. He's not a 46-type horse, but he's got grit. He has some sort of speed. And assuming, or I guess presuming in this case, that these two horses that do much better chasing than they do setting the speed um, don't have that 46 in them, 
I'm calling for an upset. I think Catch the Fire gets his day. He has his due. It is done. It's over. The race, the race is it. That's it. Didn't he win this race last year? I don't know, but I'm going to cash right now, so I'll be right back. Derek? <laughs> uh, I can't disagree with Ray that Catch the Fire, I think, has a chance to win. I think that if you look at his races, you know, he was setting up for the Battle of Lake Erie, and he ended up getting the second tier. Then he was in a race that, you know, a race that wasn't a stake race. It didn't matter as much. So we kind of tossed that one out. Then he came here to the Meadowlands and the Houghton. And quite frankly, he just wasn't up to speed yet. He had never left Ohio because he was pulling double duty as a stallion. And you can't leave the state until you get to July. So there was no three, four, four, five. It's okay. You just sit there and count. We'll just all, live in action, we'll just all listen to your count. I think he needed his last race to get up to speed. I think he's up to speed now. I think he certainly has a big shot in this race. I think uh, I think there are a number of horses that have a big shot in here. Uh, Buck of Ben Hanover is a horse I like mainly because of the fact that I think there's a ton of early speed in here. I think Rocky Road Hanover has to leave. Working on the mystery is going to leave. Poseidon Seals that could leave. Catch the Fire is going to leave. Nicholas Beach loves to leave. So, I mean... Here's a horse that paid up 24 and four final quarters. I don't know if any horse has ever done that in history. I like him and I like Poseidon Silster a little bit. He, you know, he was here last year, I think on Hambo Day, went like 52 to the half, some crazy fractions. You know, he's capable over this track, is one in 47 over this track. Um, I think Rocky Road Hanover is the horse to beat. I'm just going to try to beat him though. You'll get a big price on Poseidon in this race. I think you get 30 to one minimum in this race. My thoughts yeah. are very simple in this race. Best bet of the day. You'll hear me say it on the Metal Earth pregame show, Rocky Road Hanover. I, I think he's going to prove that even, even those miles he's put up chasing. I mean, if it wasn't for, especially the win in 46 and two, the night the Bulldog went 46 flat, if it wasn't for Bulldog, the horse we'd all be talking about this month is Rocky Road. I, I think he's going to crush this group and prove that he uh, belongs in that caliber as well. But Garnett, what do you think? I like him best. I don't love the nine hole necessarily, but um, a horse I Kind of keep coming back to it every time I open the, this program. Maybe to use underneath at a big price. This is Backstreet Shadow. He's kind of peaking right now. He's done well on this day. I remember. I don't. I guess the last time I was here, I think he won the first race of the card in like forty-seven and two or something like that. Um, you know, I'm probably going to use. Him. I might bet a nine-four all nine all four try or something like that. I don't love a buck about Hanover. Um, I'm not. I, I don't know. Uh, you know, I think he might get involved a little bit earlier, and when they when they do, they don't. As big a kick, um, I, I'd probably like to try and beat him out of the exotic somehow. But um, yeah, I mean, Rocky Road Hanover is my top pick, and I agree with you. I think you know this might be his day to shine. But what kind of a price can you take to win from the nine hole? I mean, I don't, you know, I don't want him at two to one. I might just, like I said, bet a couple tries and try and get try and get some prices underneath. What kind of trip? The people who like Rocky Road, what kind of trip do you envision him getting? Assuming that the eight leaves, the six leaves, whoever else leaves, what kind of trip do you envision him getting? How hard is he going to have to be used to make the front? Yeah, I, don't I don't know. assume he's going to leave. I don't, I don't know that everybody kind of leaves. You know, it always looks like everybody's going to leave, and then how many of them go? Like, you think he's going to be six or seven wide into the first turn? I think when some guys see other guys leaving, they duck pretty quick. So, I don't know. I mean, I think he might be out of quarter, even three-eighths of a mile, and then probably make front and go from there. I think he can do whatever he wants, Derek. Uh, look, look, two back in the graduate. He gets away towards the back there from post nine. Still finishes second to Bulldog. Last time out, he leaves from post nine. Still finishes second to, uh, to Bulldog. 
I don't think it matters. I think Todd will make a good decision off the gate and see what's going on around them. I mean, obviously they're going for a quarter million dollars, you know, decisions we made early and I think Todd will make the right one in the end. I think the horse will get scared. <laughs> or or the Mike, what do you think about this race? <laughs> No, I don't. I don't think it matters that the trip Rocky Road gets because you know he's capable of going forty six, and a lot of these other ones aren't are anywhere close to that. So you know, it's he can do whatever he wants in the race. I don't think the post matters. It, it hasn't mattered against Bulldog in his last two starts whenever they were going forty six. So if it doesn't matter then, how's it going to matter against most of these horses that are going to be backing up whenever he's starting to go forward? I mean, I mean, I think the post only helps his price. Uh, there's so many speed horses in here. You know, you got your Nicholas Beaches. You, you know, some of these horses are, you know, Poseidon Silsters. They're they're runaway types anyway. Then, you know, the which way to the beach that, you know, he's in the second tier. What what kind of drive is he going to get? I mean, he, you know, he could do anything from that spot. So there's a lot of one-way types in here. They're good horses. Uh, I don't mind Catch the Fire. I liked him, though, whenever he was in the Houghton, when he was 40 to 1, and he, you know, was in a position to go forward, and he he went 20, came home 26 and 1, and, and was ninth. I mean, uh, against Rocky Road, you know, so I just, I don't really understand the point of trying to beat the 9 here just because he's outside, because he's proven that he can handle the outside post in faster races, so I think it only helps the price. He's obviously the one to beat, and you're probably still going to get 2 to 1, and that he might make that look very good whenever the wire hits. So uh, I think that, you know, he's tough. A buck of bets hit and miss for me. Uh, he's fast. You know he's going to fly home, but he's quirky. I mean, he's, he's shown quirks in a lot of races. Now you're stuck in the rail. What kind of trip does he get? I mean, you know he's not going to be last now. He, he's going to be in the mix. You know, I, I think that it's those two. The four-year-olds are the best right now. These other ones, you know, they need something to happen to the other two to, to win. So I think it's 9-1. Use a little catch the fire underneath. Robert? Yeah, I'm in, I'm in agreement with most of that. I mean, for me, I look at this race and thought it looked kind of, you know, impossible only because Rocky Road Hanover had post nine. Then I went back and watched the replays. And, you know, when he's had post nine, it hasn't been an issue. He's versatile. He's not a one-way horse. Uh, I think that, uh, you know, again, I, I trust Todd McCarthy. I think he, he is clearly the one to beat. You get an inflated price, hopefully because of the post. The, uh, I do think that a bucket bet Hanover is the one that, you know, is logically underneath, but I'm going to be putting this as the plan uh, in the exotics. I don't know. I, I thought that last effort was kind of a weird one. thought he, he had pace, maybe he didn't have pace, but either way he was in tight quarters late. And I think that maybe he can navigate his way into the exotics at a big price. I want to touch, wait, I want to touch one more thing on times before we go. Um, and let's all remember always be Mickey Gunn 146 at the Red Mile a couple years ago. It's the Red Mile, whatever, I don't care. The horses that finished behind him, Shambhala, Split the House, we all remember them. They all went sub-47. How many times did they ever go sub-47 again unless they had something to chase like that? That's that, That's my point. I, I seize my case. I was you weren't alive. alive. Hey, the night the Bulldogs race under perfect conditions, picture perfect conditions. I mean, that plays into a lot of this stuff, right? If this, if this uh, Sam McKee raced today at one thirty when it was hundred degrees out, they might have went forty-four and four. Who knows? I was walking in Manhattan; that was going to collapse. I went inside the New York Post; it was seventy. I came out three hours later; it was hundred. Well, I know I said uh, before Bulldogs race on TVG that I didn't think he'd go sub 146 again and of course he did it so you know i'm optimistic this time i, I think i said with murray slough earlier that i you know i think there's a world where rocky roads being chased by a bucket bet and they really could light up the time in perfect condition so we'll see but uh, i don't think any of them will care too much as long as they get the big paycheck but uh, we will move on 
to race 12. We'll do so shortly. Uh, I will promote the lovely 2022 media guide at the Meadowlands for the Hamiltonian. There's a lot of great information in here. And with that information comes a chance for me to put the five of you to work here. I've got three trivia questions that I'm going to oh, okay. as a surprise. Here we three go. Three trivia questions for four guys. So three we'll get right. First of all, since 1983, there's only been one year that there was a non-fast track condition on Hamiltonian Day. What year? Oh. oh. No idea. It was the year Creamy Mimi won, right? That is correct. The Oaks, yeah. That's 2008? Correct. Yeah. Right. Wow. I was just thinking in my head. I'm sure you I was there, but I don't remember. You gave him that answer. No, I knew that answer. <laughs> that was very good from Ray. All right. Yeah. Uh, Hamiltonian winners who have sired Hamiltonian winners. One Hamiltonian winner has sired six future winners. Who is that? Russell Hill? Nope. Oh. I read the article, but I just don't remember. Oh, it's, wait. It, it's in Bob Hayden's article this week. And uh, six. It's got to that's got to be like a muscles Yankee. This horse won the Hambo in 1972. Oh, OK. Oh, we're going way back then. That's a. Uh, speedy crown? Super Bowl. Correct. Mm-hmm. Super, oh, Bowl. Super Bowl. Wins Super Bowl. in 1972. Wins sired Legend Hanover, who won in 79. Speed Bowl, who won in 82. Probe, who won in 89. Giant Victory won in 91, American Winner won in 93, and Tagli Blue Boo who won in 95. And last but not least, Morgan Christholm will drive in this year's Hamiltonian. Uh, In fact, I just watched him drive in Sweden just last week. He went back and forth the past week. What number Hamiltonian drive will this be for him? This is his. Oh, I was going to say third. Wrong. Fourth. Fourth Fourth is correct. He does have three previous. I thought the article said two. Uh, Guide says three. You, you want to run my his name back for me, Ed? You want to press that one more time? Jorgen Kristolm, it is uh, O-R-J-A-N. Uh, is that actually – I always I always heard it pronounced Orion Kilstrom. K-I-L-H-S-T-R-O-M. Jorgen Kilstrom. You know what? I've heard – the way we said it here last week on the broadcast, I think was maybe a little different than what I hear listening to, you know, the Swedish racing in the morning. But I guess that's probably something to do with, with accents, dialects. I don't know. Yeah, you got you to gotta start with the, the Gevilta fish. Hey, but anyway, we did very well through that, and we will move our attention to the late pick four. So the late pick four will start with race 12. Oh, one, previous, one previous Hamiltonian final. He might have driven in the eliminations previously. Oh, He's I said final. The final. I, yeah, it might have been eliminations. I will look this up while we discuss this next race. But Derek refuses to be wrong here. I know I got an article from Ken Weingartner today, and I know I read it, and I knew I saw that. <laughs> I read it, and I still said four. <laughs> well, the Oaks final. The three-year-old Philly Trotters, they're going for half a million. Uh, there's two notable absences here, of course. Jiggy Jog, Joe Biality, they'll take on the boys in the Hamiltonian. So this race will start the $125,000 guaranteed late pick fourth Meadowlands races 12 through 15. And it will also start the cross-country pick five. That's Meadowlands races 12 and 15, the Hamiltonian Oaks and the Hamiltonian. And in between there will be Saratoga's races 9, 10, and 11, all three of which are stakes over there. Uh, Ray, you probably got this better than I do. What is it? It's the Test, the Whitney, and the... Um... It's the Test, the Whitney, and then it's the Saratoga Invitational? The Saratoga Derby? Derby, Derby, Derby. Derby. Saratoga okay. Derby Invitational. On the turf, mile on the 8th or whatever, whatever it is. So, yeah, so uh, we have mile those... Uh, thank you. Cross-country pick five. So the, all those wagers will start off here with the Hamiltonian Oaks. Derek, we'll go to you first. Uh, Venerable, well, we discussed her last year on the British Crown Show, possible horse of the year as a two-year-old. Disappointed a little bit there towards the end of the year, but she's come back pretty good at three. Uh, and you know what? She started off slow and then she took some time off and, you know, then kind of found herself. But 
I'm a complete fade on Venerable for me. I mean, I, I just wasn't impressed with her elimination effort. I, I watched all her other races. They were all okay. They, they were good efforts, but nothing that she's done this year makes me want to bet her as the favorite in the Hamiltonian Oaks. You know, some people are saying maybe she won't be the favorite. You know, I've heard some Warri Xenia maybe would be the favorite. But there's nothing that she's done that makes me want to bet her as the favorite. So I, I'm a fade on her. And I'll be on Fashion Schooner from post 10. Uh, even I like the horse going into the race, and I was probably going to pick her regardless of the post. I almost like her more from post 10 because I know the price will be better because she has post 10. And I really do think she's the best horse in the race. All righty. So, Derek, what I've got here for Jorgen is that he drove in 15, 18, and 19, but this does not tell me whether this is finals or a limb. So, I am going to go further digging on this. I'll get us an answer as we go through this. But, uh, Garnett, Hamiltonian, Oaksaw. Yeah, I got to know what Garnett thinks of the wise guy horse. I'm curious who it is. <laughs> yes, I, I'm going to be the unpopular guy, especially as a, as a Canadian, and, and I'm totally fading War Weezenia. Yes! There is not yes! one person who was tweeting all these oh. tweets that knew. When this horse at the 516th pole was buried, no way out, not even keeping up the horse, was going to win. Then as soon as the race ends, everybody knew. She's got 400 years. <laughs> like, come on. Look, well, hang on. Hang on. Hang on. People are. People are. Away in the stretch. But, but he was only driving to make the final. Some He gets out because that horse breaks. Okay, he bounced off the guy who was outside. Then he gets a clear lane. Now he has no choice. He's going to go. And she closed, she closed the storm, but she trotted basically a sixteenth of a mile. Now she's got an inside post. She's going to, he's going to be forced to use her. Look at venerable and fashion schooner. When I look two starts back, I can see they can go 150 in a very small piece. They both missed a week before their elimination. They're both going to be tighter now. And I'm not going to take five to two on War Zenia, who I'm, I'm just not a believer in off that mile. I, I know she closed like a rocket, but. I mean, the Red Sea parted. She did no work up to that point. I, I'm not buying into this. She wasn't at her best stuff. Whatever. They say all kinds of stuff after race. So, <laughs> for me, I, I'm just using Venerable and Fashion Schooner in the in the, in the multi-race tickets, and I'm hoping where we see it takes all kinds of action. I like, am. That's okay. the stand I'm taking. All righty, Derek, you are correct. It is one final, two elims. So three Hambos that Jorgen has driven in, two elims, one final. I do apologize. You are correct. We'll replace that with a better trivia question later on. But Robert is looking chomping at the bit here to defend his Mohawk horse. No, no. I mean, no, but first of all, I'm not going to be there Saturday. If someone could get me a hat and a media – I'd like a media guy too, Edison, if you can get me one of those. But uh, before we get to that, listen, the only thing I'll say, Garnet, and we, me and Garnet usually see eye to eye, but we, we don't sometimes. Um, and the thing is, is why hold that against her? Like, why, why do we hold it against her? You hold it against the price, for sure. I'm okay with that. But, I mean, really, I'm going to say that she was, a big, she was the biggest overlay probably I've ever seen uh, in a race like that uh, in a very long time anyways. I can't believe she was 7-1. to one. I put her on Twitter. I, I projected 7-2. to two. Some people were saying 5-2 to two last week. Uh, and, you know, Mike thought we were crazy. Mike said, no, you guys are nuts. You're getting at least – five to one and she goes off at seven to one and, and, and at the five sixteen pull you all mind ripping your tickets up too that's <laughs> fine, but that's fine but, it, lucky. But, but it but i mean again it's, i mean you could say it's lucky but only because of the fact of the way the race the makeup of the I race do agree was, she was did an the overlay, best horse win i do agree she was an overlay did the best horse win i don't know i mean I, i'm not convinced she's the best horse like i no, said i'm, I'm you know a big factor for me is that 
these the, the venerable and fashion schooner both missed a week and they're not i don't know that they're fully cranked up for that race but they will be saturday and i know they can trot in 150 and i don't know that war we but you're making you're making it sound like you're making it sound like she was a horse that got away the whole field broke and she somehow coasted to the wire that didn't happen i mean you're right she was probably you know you know sitting in a spot looking to close for a piece of it and then it ended up working out she almost got knocked over there too right like that's the thing other thing that i think that you're kind of uh, overlooking and at the end of the day am i a big fan of taking a shorter price this time no did i take the seven to one last time of course but yeah. i still think she's the best horse in the race and i thought that I'm going not, in i'm not convinced i want to say I'm something really about not. the speed because garnett keeps bringing up the 150 thing so i want to say a little bit something about that first of all every person i talked to you know during the limb night you know said yeah my horse can go 150. i asked the McClure and Stacy, you know, when we were going back to the paddock, can your horse go 150? Yes, yeah, she has 150 speed. I asked Dan Daly in the paddock about Yanaba. Yeah, she can go 150. She has 150 speed. So all the connections think they have it. That aside, I, I don't think you can use last week's track as an indicator as to how fast any of these horses are. The track was, I would venture to say, somewhere between one and two seconds slower than it was on Meadowlands Pace Night when all these horses went 150. Somewhere yeah. between one and two but, seconds, even you know, though it's ev- best. Everyone knocked her because she didn't face anyone. Anyone that watched the races up here knew that she's a complete freak. I mean, she, she was going out there, and, I mean, for all intents and purposes, many of those races, it was almost like they were seeing what she could do and where she could race from, and she still overcame every trip. That's what I'm, was so in, your corner. I'm in your corner, Robert. Right? I would rather play Warrizinha than I would play Venerable because – I feel like I know how good Venerable is. And I'm a huge Venerable I don't Venerable think I fan. know how good War Weezing is. I've got, I've got the helmet right there, right? And Dave Miller. I mean, I'm never going to cheer against Dave Miller because uh, I'm a big fan. But in this spot, listen, War Weezing for me is a single. I, I, I love her. I'm going to hate the price. But, I mean, who knows? I was surprised last time. She's 5-1 to one morning line. I thought that was kind of outrageous. But I thought 8-1 to one last time was outrageous. I thought that she warrants being, um, you know, at least, I don't know, I, I think, Someone said five to two, what her closing price is going to be. Would I be surprised if it's that? No, I don't think she'll be the favorite. I think she'll be second choice. Lower than five to one, that's for sure. I I agree no, one, no one's mentioned who's going to be the best price in this race. I was just though. about to say, thank you, Ray. I figure you, we're on the same horse here. Five, three, I've got on top. Venerable, Warwick, Xenia. But the horse underneath, Ray, it has to be Yanava for Dan. Whoa, 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 hey, 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 That's the third horse here. No, oh, this horse was a good second Nanaba. behind Venerable. This horse has come back tremendously at three, went 0 for 8, terrible freshman season, and Dan Daly's just got this one going well right now. And, you know, she took the step up well last time, draws the rail again. Why can't she work out a similar trip and pick up a piece of it? Can she win? Maybe not, but she at hit the exact or trifecta, I think, at a huge number. Look, Yanaba's always been good, but when you have Brian Sears pick up a drive, I can't really necessarily count that as being a potentially valuable horse in terms of betting. Everyone's going to see that. They're going to see the man who always gets the big prize hop in the bike on a horse who's suddenly getting live, who has a good draw. I'm not going to buy any of that. I'm going to take the man of chaos here. One beautiful man named Mr. Aki Svenstedt. Who has a horse that barely made the final because of Delilah Hanover's break? But the moment he called on her and she straightened, she responded just enough to get here. And we know she's capable of much better than the performance she put in there. She got a typical sit at the cones, do what you can late kind of trip. We've seen her perform better against similar in the past. She has the speed to do it, and they are going to pull the shoes. We don't know what this horse's peak necessarily is. She's going to blast. 
from this spot. I cannot see her taking back. I cannot see Ak not sending this horse and giving her a chance. And I'm willing to take that risk that even if she gets a death shuffle, I know she's going to be an okay price. She's potentially live. I'm taking that shot on baptism. A couple of things I need to say here. Okay. One, as far as baptism goes, if Delilah Hanover doesn't make a break, is baptism even in the final? That's a great question. <laughs> That's the first thing. Second thing is, as far as pulling the shoot, there's another horse in here I happen to really like, other than Fashion Schooner, and that's Menon. Because mm -hmm. I don't think, we looked at this horse, this horse was really good. Start after start after start, I think it was like seven to five in the elimination. She turned in a bad effort first over, and now everyone's off the bandwagon. Uh, I don't think we should be. I mean, I heard she's scoped sick a little, whatever you want to. You believe it, you don't believe it, whatever. She's another one that's going no shoes first time. She's also getting, I think, pull-out earplugs from what I hear. Was it a bridal change too? Yep. So there's going to yeah. be some changes on her. And she was spectacular. All starts leading up to the Hamilton Oaks Limb when she was first over. I mean, I don't think there's a reason to get off the bandwagon. Uh, and, and this guy named Dexter Dunn is driving. I hear he's good. Yeah. Huh? He's all right. Mike, we patiently waited for your thoughts on this race. I was thinking that. I waited very patiently to get in on this conversation. But I, I was not really on Warwizina last week. Uh, I, I thought that she should be a lot bigger price than she was even. I, I knew that, that I didn't really think that she would get that. There was a lot of question marks. I mean, you had she was shipping down. She was facing better horses than she'd ever had in her entire life. She was getting off Lasix. Okay, how, how do we know how she was going to respond to that? She had the eight hole. She had the Bob drive. She overcame all these things, okay, and still found a way to kick 26 and four and look like that they were standing still while she ran them all over. So I don't understand how you can't be a fan now off of that race because she's proven all those things. Now you're drawing better. Now they're going to be aggressive, okay? Now they're not just trying to make the final. Now they're trying to win the race. He's uh, McClure has shown he's capable of winning the big race with a horse. That's a price. Now the price is in question. No doubt about it. Now you're going to get a lot less than you did before because everybody saw that, but it doesn't really matter. I I'm not sure that some of these other ones are coming into this race as well as, as she is. Because if you look at fashion schooner, who's supposed to be one to nine in that race, she walked, rolled right by her. And now she gets the 10 hole and she's going to have to go. Everybody else wants to go. Here. No one was really expecting Warrior to come flying like that. I, I think Tim Teacher, you know, wasn't looking around thinking, hey, I'm going to lose this race. He thought he had the race won. The race was over in his mind. And then okay. comes this horse from like last, you know. But regardless, she still lost at one to nine. So, and now she moves outside. She's going to have to go from that spot. She's going to be pushed. I mean, if, if she's, you know, supposed to be, I, and I realize that she's a good horse and she could overcome it, but she has more to overcome than she certainly did last time. Venerable, you know, I don't know that she's coming into the race the, the right way. Manon took a step back last week. Some of these horses were going 50, you know, before. So, you know, she seems, uh, even though she's the wise guy horse in the race, she has so much upside and overcame so much that. I don't know how you can't like her in the race. So I, I feel like that she's live. And I agree with the baptism idea. Only that, you know, Ock wins these kind of races with horses that necessarily don't figure. He's beaten Fashion Schooner before. He was third behind Jiggy Jog, two back. Last week, had trouble in the elimination. 15-1 morning line is probably going to get ignored because we're talking about six other horses in the race. So I think that you can use that horse also. Look for chaos. And... 
you know, I, I just think it's a good race. I think it's a better betting race because we're talking about all these horses with chances. I feel like you can get three to four to one in War Wizenia. And, and if you like her, you know, I think that's okay. And again, this is an important race for us to look at here. Obviously, this will kick off the late pick four at the Meadowlands with that huge guarantee, and it will kick off the cross-country pick five. But we'll next turn our attention to race 13. That's the Jim Doherty Memorial Final. It's the two-year-old Philly Trotters. Uh, before we do so, though, I ought to go back here. We've gotten some comments here. Uh, new, new to us here to do this live, so we'll try to acknowledge some of the comments we've gotten so far. Uh, Mark thanks us all for doing this. Uh, Nancy says, uh, it's great to see Mike, uh, and that Ray... It looks very professional there. That's, that's the thought. Uh, Kevin uh, mentioned that tactical planner at 67 to 1. I, I think I mentioned there as well uh, at the Mohawk. And by the way, if you follow Kevin Placha on Twitter, he does some free picks every day for the Meadows. Uh, definitely some good analysis. He's doing Meadows for Nahu this weekend. So And fantastic. And yeah, check it out on Nahu Picks as well. Uh, Nick Salvi says, being Ray Gatola, I don't even know what that one wants He to be wishes. There. He wishes. <laughs> Oh, let's see. Uh, Mark also agrees. Race 10 is definitely a tough one. Uh, Doug, thanks us thanks us for letting us listen to some of the best cappers in the business. And I think he meant to put in parentheses and Ray Catolo. Oh, let's see. My mom just wants to know what horses have the worst odds. That is her new strategy after hitting Rick <laughs> in the Kentucky Derby. Uh, Mark really likes Mad Max Hanover in race eight. Um, in this Hamiltonian oat, Mark likes three, seven, five, one. So baptism, he is also taking uh, Oki Aki underneath yeah. there. At a price, Ray. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm telling you, this horse is live. I, this, this is this is in general. Thanking us yeah. for a great show and the nice format. So those yeah. are the comments we have so far. For sure, leave more comments down there. Try to mention them throughout the show. But anyway, race 13. It's the Jim Dorton Memorial two-year-old Philly Trotters. Again, we saw the elimination last week. We saw Mambasita take the buy into this final. We saw Una Madonna get the job done at 15 to one in the Elim. Garnett, your thoughts on this race? While I go grab a computer chart. After uh, my expert thoughts are in this race, are I have absolutely no idea. So, I, yes, I have one, yeah, two, I have one, two, four, five, six, and ten circled. This is going to be a spread race for me. I, I picked Mamba Sita on top because I think she's got she has the possibility of controlling the race, but um, for me, this is going to be a spread race, and you know what. Maybe I'm not even spreading the right way because I'm leaving out horses that are 15 to 1 on the morning line. So I may even be defeating myself the way I got this thing figured out. But I don't know. Maybe somebody else chimes in. They love a horse in this race. I don't. Um, Mike? I agree completely. It's like sometimes I feel like Garnett and I share a brain uh, <laughs> because I'm I'm spreading also in, in the pick four here. I, I picked Mambasita on top. Well, I don't really understand the drive this horse got in that New Jersey Sire State final. I mean, the horse was one to two, was really, you know, kind of sat back. I guess, you know, they must have thought that that uh, she was going to win easy. But really, uh, the Walter Warner Payton got the jump and she ended up second there for 240000 So I would expect some more aggression here. And I would expect uh, you're going to get the best effort from that horse. But like like Garnett said, many others have a chance to win. You know, you have a bunch of Alanya horses in here. You you got, you know, a Burke horse in here, a couple from Tactor. This, these are the best barns. You know, these are two-year-old fillies uh, on trotting. So what what exactly do you want? I mean, it's it's wide open. Throw a dart. And and that's you know hopefully you spread and, and catch something. That's that's my thought. Just a point of interest. This one Una Madonna apparently the the, the selling price for her that the stable got after they sold her after her second start was apparently seven hundred fifty thousand dollars U.S. Are you serious? That's what that's wow. what he said on the video. I don't think he has any reason to lie, and that's why they took it so fast. 
because that's who a, wouldn't? That's a lot of money. Oh, there's also another three quarter million dollar horse in here, which is in Italian, the three, which uh I don't know why. I always confuse the two. They both told Harrisburg last year. Is this one full of Manchego or the full of Atlanta? It's one of the Atlanta, other, right? Atlanta's it's full Atlanta. Of Atlanta. Yeah. Isn't there a really good uh, thoroughbred name with the exact same name that just won a big race in Saratoga? Yeah, guy Browns and Surf horses, yeah. Uh, I, I hear it's the same one. <laughs> that would be something. Well, I told Ray we got a Whitney winner and a Hamiltonian winner next year. But and uh, you keep that in your piping little mouth, all right? I don't want to hear that at all tonight. Then Ray, give us your thoughts on this race. Oh, uh, uh, hey, Ray, Ekery D's coming in the next. Oh, Ekery D's in the Jim Doherty. I think he stands a great chance. Then I would pick him in a heartbeat over the rest of these. And it's not because these are. This is just a fairly even race on paper. I I I was just I looked at this race legitimately for 25 minutes when I was doing my picks for Derek's newsletter, uh, which by the way, the DRF Harness newsletter has all of the wonderful contenders you need for Hamiltonian Day. I'm doing the work for you, Derek. So maybe up the check next time. Uh, that said, 25 minutes of work lands me on a horse. I find out is 15 to one on the morning line. I have graceful Patty on top. I just see this horse continuously as finishing miles. And for some reason in my head, I'm thinking uh, today, th today's the day. Like that's all I have in this race is just conjecturing off of a horse that's showing some kind of form going, well, you know, maybe because like Mamba is obvious Instagram model. I got to see a, a baby race when I was doing camera work for the first mile. She's a nice Philly. Um, but I, 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 this, this looks like such a trip race and the hardest kinds of trip races to read are two-year-old trot races. So take a shot, have fun, uh, hug your loved ones because you might be just moving on to the next thing. Ray, every time you talk, Robert Reed just has these, these expressions on his face. I can't tell whether he agrees or disagrees. So I have to go there next. Just I agree. That's, I mean, I, he took my horse. It's okay though. I mean, <laughs> wow. Okay. Yeah. Um, so no, I, I, uh, I've got this race in the, um, the multi legs, one, two, six, seven, ten, and uh, yeah, the horse. I actually, uh, you know, told my dad today. There's a horse that I'll be betting. It's going to be a bomb price, and it's going to be the seven graceful patty. I thought that um, this horse. She had a lot of trot last time. She's supposed to have a lot of trot. I mean, you know, it, it's it's one of those ones that's uh, likely um, a sucker play off her latest. And since she's coming home in twenty seven oh one, she was looking for room. She was climbing over top of some horses. And and now uh, the thing is with her, though, is she's not going to be like a, a wise guy type and get hammered. She's going to be a bomb number on the board. So mm -hmm. I think in a race that uh, it looks like it's kind of impossible, I agree with Garnet and Mike. I think this is a very difficult race. I'm five deep in, in the multis, but the horse I'll be looking at uh, for price to play flat. And then the exotics is going to be graceful patty to seven. Six four one two for me. I'll throw another horse. I don't think we said yet. Yeah, about the four, my Anna's dream, a good debut winner. You know, it wasn't the best effort last week, but I expect better from her this week. So there's even a maybe seventh or eighth horse in this ten horse field we've mentioned. Eric, you want to mention the other two for us? <laughs> yeah, I think I might. You know, I'm listening to everyone talk and who they like, and you know, I had picked Royal Philly. You know, who no one really talked about. I don't know if uh, the horse, uh, if she saw the other horse coming or not. She kind of. Una Madonna kind of snuck up on her up the rail. And, uh, you know, so I'm not sure whether she was tiring or she just didn't see the horse, but that would be my top pick in the race. But quite frankly, as I listen to everyone give out their picks and who they like, I'm thinking I like Brunella, um, quite frankly, because I know she's going to be a good price because no one seems to like her. Um, I was talking to trainer Nancy Tactor. She said the, the horse tied up last week, which, 
you know what makes complete sense to me when I look at that line because she stopped badly for absolutely no reason. And I saw her previous starts, including her qualifiers. And to me, I ranked her as one of the top two-year-old trotting fillies that I'd seen. So if I'm going to get a really good price on her, uh, that's where I would be. I think this is the kind of race where, obviously, you got to pick ahead for the multi-races. But I think this is the kind of race where you watch them right on the track, you take a look at them, you look at the board, see which one's the best price, and you bet a couple of the biggest prices of the ones you like. All righty. Well, we will turn our attention to race 14 after looking at that wide open Jim Doherty Memorial. Uh, race 14 it is the race the Ray Catolo has waited for the whole time, the whole evening of talks. We will let him go first. This is the Oki Sponsted race. It is Rattle My Cage, Ambassador Hanover, Alraza 1, Ecury D, and Back of the Neck. Five of the eight come from Oki's Barn. And Ray, which one of these five specimens do you like the best? The better question, I think, is who has the better gamer chair? Is it is it Ray or is it me? You know? <laughs> I, I don't know. What, what, what's your KD at Fortnite in that chair, Derek? <laughs> I, I don't play any video games. He plays off and pacing in that chair. <laughs> you know what? I do. Gar, Gar, can I get you doing that motion again? <laughs> Ryan's not a sponsor on this podcast. so Ryan is a dear friend who has lost thousands to Bitcoin, so let's let him have this. All right. Ray, I, on, which of these hockeys are winning? Oh, uh, see, that's exactly how I would posit this race. I'm surprised it's the John Cashman Memorial and not the Oxfenstead handicap. It's it's his race. Like he has Al Raja, he has Ekery, then there's back of the neck, Ambassador, Rattle My Cage. This is like this has taken the record in the Ray Catolo history books for worst betting race in the history. <laughs> Of Ambo Day. I have nothing that has any value. I think it's going to chalk out completely. If you have never bet a race in your life, bet favorite one, favorite two, favorite three, and you might hit something. That's all I have to say. It is. Oh, oh, I'm nauseous. I'm queasy. I'm <laughs> Look at Derek. I'd rather Mike? be Derek right now. He's having fun. Going out, right? Mike? Well, I, I don't know. I think you have to decide which one you like as far as the two main favorites, and that's D and Arajawan. And I feel like that Arajawan's going to take more action now coming off those two big lines and, you know, really looked very good kicking 25 and one beating D there on July the 2nd, then went up to, to Plain Ridge and won easy from the nine hole. I feel like that he's the one that takes the action and D is the one that sort of gets ignored a little bit. His price drifts up. I feel like that he's still the one for me though. I, I like D because I feel like that he's capable of that 49 and one he's capable of winning on the big days. And, and here's where, where is Aki sitting? He's sitting on that horse. So I feel like that he's the speed. He gets the jump. They let him alone and you're going to get a better price than you would have had this race happened a few weeks ago. And without the emergence of the other horse uh, again, another race where I feel like you have to make a, you know, a decision or, you know, weight your tickets heavily. If you like Aki D weight that horse in the pick for harder. I'm not saying you can't have any Araja one and, and, and some tickets, but if you know this sequence, I think you need to wait some tickets, pressure opinions. The bulls are big, the guarantees are big. That's how you have to play on these big days. You have to get paid if you're right. 
Well, for me, my I took Al Raja one on top. Uh, you know, obviously, I, I saw this horse in Massachusetts up at Plain Ridge, um, and you know, post nine, that, that's not an easy spot up there. And he did it pretty effortlessly. Uh, I know uh, Sarah Dexter; they both seem very happy in that winter circle afterwards. But you know, I go back to that Crawford race where Ekri really had to work in that first half to clear, gets gunned down late by his stablemate. So I guess I have to ask the question here: of How do they bet this race in the public? And uh, you know, what are these prices at post time? So assuming they're somewhere around equal, I would favor Al Raja. I see Mark in our comments and Marty agreeing that Al Raja wants a monster. Marty agreeing he looked amazing. Uh, but you know what? I kind of have to agree with Kevin a little bit too, who Ray agrees with you. will petition to change race 14 to the hockey's fence to handicap. But, you know, he's, playing, he's rooting for Ekri D just despite you, Ray. So I may be as well. But, I mean, look, if there's a major price discrepancy between Al Raja and Ekri at post time, I would just take the higher price. But I got to think they're similar type prices. Right, Derek? Yeah, I think they're probably similar. I think uh, Al Raja may be the the favorite, and I lean towards him for two reasons. One, uh, I feel like I know he's the sharper horse right now because the other horse hasn't been racing. And second reason is, I believe from you know perhaps from conversations I may or may not have had that uh, Ekery D has uh, a goal in mind, and I don't think this is it. Ooh. Oh. I'm not sure they put that in the program anywhere. I'm going to look again, though. <laughs> you got to look. Yeah. It's in between the lines. Robert, it's thoughts on the deep race? inside the lines. You got you to get the shovel out. Get the shovel. Uh, so I'm, I'm, uh, I agree with what Mike said, is that uh, if you are going to use them both, you've got to weight it in the direction that you, you have an opinion. And for me, it's uh, a Raja one. I, I'm going to put that one um, singled on, on uh, many of my uh, pick four tickets. Not on the one that I've got here, uh, but, but I do lean him. I think it's those two, of course. Um, Ekery D is a horse I'm very fond of, and so is Ray. And I just, uh, uh, I do think that uh, you know, he's, he's second best on this occasion. I, I think that the money's going to flow in, in more in one direction, and that's all Raja one. I think he'll be a shorter price than, than his stablemate, uh, but I do think he's the better of the two. And, and I, what Derek just said, he's the sharper of the two right now, and, and a horse that I, I thought looked uh, freakishly good. And Garnett, your thoughts on this race? I'm I'm all in on Al Raja one. Uh, I think Ekri D is a, a dynamite horse, and and this one here to me is a legitimate superstar. Maybe one of the best trotters I've seen in a long time. He made a very difficult trip uh, in Massachusetts look easy. I mean, if you watch that race from the start, Dexter Dexter tried to leave, and the, there was five horses inside of him. None of them were going to get give him a spot in the top five. So he's got to tuck in six on that five-eighths mile track, go first over a long way, and he did that so easily that that impressed me even more than his first start, which was unbelievable. So, listen, until somebody beats this horse, I'm all in on him. Yeah, he was very impressive there. I mean, you know, I, I didn't see anything super spectacular. Maybe one of his qualifiers that I think I called there in the baby race of the Meadowlands, but he really came out strongly in the Crawford, and as you mentioned, in the spirit, I'm not even convinced that Love by the Masses, once he cleared that Al Raja was necessarily coming after him as much, or, you know, that, that you know, Love by the Masses wasn't necessarily stopping, per se, around the far turn as much as Al Raja just had this tremendous kick. And, uh, yeah, it's definitely looked really impressive so far. But um, we'll see as we will turn our attention to race 15. It is the Hambletonian. But first, I'll throw some more trivia at you. So the Hambletonian and the Hambletonian Oaks. Yeah. Three years. There's three years that a trainer has won the Hambletonian and the Hambletonian Oaks. Who have they been? And bonus of what years? Uh, Jimmy Tactor, Jan Janssen, and I forget who the third one is. That that that's it. Oh, it is just. Oh yeah, Jim, Jimmy did it twice, right? 2014, 15 for Jimmy and Janssen was. 
Oh, that was uh, uh oh, that's like eighties. Very good, right? Right. Yeah. What'd you say, Garnett? I said very good, right? He jumped in no. for anybody's beef. 88, 88. Yeah. Same question. Driver. Three different years of driver has won the Oaks and the Hambo in the same year. Ryan Sears, George Sears, Brennan. Brennan. And also, that's it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Sears twice. Correct. Yeah. Years? Uh, the year. Ooh, uh, Sears did it with Broadway Schooner and Muscle Hill. And then. B- was it? Was it? 09 Sears, yep. Was Pinkman 09. and Be a Magician the same year? Yeah, this information I, think it I do was. not have in front of me. We'll take your word for it, though, Ray. You seem pretty confident on this. Yeah, and then Brendan was bold and fresh in Broadbond 2011. 2011 for Brendan, 2013, and 09 for Sears. Very good. Last but oh, not okay. least, Ray, if you right, get this right, one, right. if you get this one this accurate, I'll be very impressed. Uh-huh. Random statistic in the media guide last year, wagering outside North America, Finland, France, Denmark, Norway, and Sweden. How much did they handle in US dollars? Uh, for the whole day? <laughs> full card. Full card. Full card. I'm gonna. Do, we don't have to do this in Chronos now. This is in, oh, US this is in USD. US dollars. Um, six hundred and twenty-one thousand seven hundred and thirty-nine. That's More. a great guess. More. Oh, um, two point four one million. God Less. One point six. Less. One point two. Nine hundred and thirty-one thousand. Less than Ray. More than Garnett. More than Derek. One million. A little more. One point one. One million one hundred thousand four hundred and forty-five dollars. There we go. They're doing well. well we over really there. need. That's we really good. needed that thing that goes up the ladder and the price is right. You know? Yes, We would have been off the it, Just, just that's, fun. that's an idea for the next show. I want that installed. And we want the cliffhanger <laughs> guy to be a, music. We want the cliffhanger guy to be a, a figurine of Ray. <laughs> we can cheer when he goes off the cliff. <laughs> well, oh, maybe we can put him on an actual cliff. Yes. Fun numbers from last year. 14,000 yeah, attendance, 7,000, 7.5 million, just short of 7.6 million total handle, uh, just under 800,000 in live handle. And again, it was a fast track last year with the final Hambo race or the Hambo race rather handling uh, 1.5 million. And of course, the numbers have been pretty comparable for the last about seven years now with the 16 race cards. Well, that we need holds. to get this handle up because, you know, Derby the, Day, I, I think handles about 300 million or whatever it is. So I think we need to kind of. This is our biggest day. We need to get this handle. Weather holds this year. I think the handle will be higher. I think overall, if you look at this card from start to finish, there are um, more races that are more difficult to figure out with some bigger fields than we had. I think previous year. I think if the weather holds, th- this could be a you know a, a higher handle this year and should be. And not only that, Derek, thank you for the good segue for me to say there's also, I think, more than ever before, a lot of different ways to watch this Hamiltonian card. So for anyone looking to watch this Hamiltonian card this Saturday, uh, let's see, Koza will have their live broadcast starting at 3 p.m. Uh, it'll be on Fox Sports 2, races 3 through 12. Race 15, the Hamiltonian will be shown on Fox Sports 1 live as part of America's Day at the Races. They will, of course, show all of those races involved in that cross-country pick five, uh, as Naira is the host track for that, for those interested in that wager. Oh, let's see. What else do we have? It will be on TBG. Dave Weaver will be live on site with coverage of the 16 races. Uh, we will have the Meadowlands in-house feed. That simulcast feed, of course, can be found through all your favorite ADWs. It can be found live on the Meadowlands Facebook page and the Meadowlands Twitter page. And someone stop me. Did I forget anything else in there? Uh, you mentioned CBS? And CBS Sports will have a broadcast 6 to 7 p.m. Dave yeah. Brower and Greg Blanchard with the live coverage of the Hamiltonian. Thank you very much, Ray. And, yeah, yeah so a lot of different ways. No excuses for not watching and wagering on this card. As we turn our attention to race 15, the big one, the Hamiltonian, number 97. It is the final. 
And, uh, well, we, we've got some interesting storylines. Uh, I guess the one that's at the center of attention, and uh, Garnett, maybe you can confirm this. I believe one of your workshop students will be working with the Boston Globe. I believe someone I know wanted to do a story on uh, Michaela Melander and where she fits into all of this. I believe they did that story. And it might be, it might be already published. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, Michaela Melander uh, is, of course, Marcus's sister. Marcus having, of course, Joviality, the main one of two Phillies, rather, in this Hamiltonian. And uh, now married to trainer Lucas Wallen, who has the favorite with Rebuff. So she finds right. herself in an interesting spot. Rebuff, big elimination winner, Breeders' Crown winner last year. Jiggy Jog, the other Philly, defeats Joviality. They finished 1 3 in the second elimination. A lot of different storylines in this year's Hamiltonian. Mike, how's it going to go on the track when they get out there? I just think that Rebuff is a standout. Uh, he's a much-deserving favorite. He's been groomed to, for this spot the entire year. Uh, just three starts, but all three very good, very fast. Uh, they tested him July 16th. He lost the shoe, still went 49-4. and four. So last week, elimination, really never looked a loser again. Took the front when he wanted to. Uh, kicked away when it was time. He's just, I feel like that he's better. Uh, he's, you know, he's faster. And it's its his race to lose. Unless he makes a mistake, no matter the trip, I think he can win from off of it. He can, if they slow it down early, he's going to go. Uh, he just, I, I've liked him the whole year. He was extremely impressive to me, even last year in that Breeders' Crown, coming from nowhere. He's uber talented. And I just don't, I don't see any, like, way that this horse doesn't fire his best shot in this race. Are they going to be good enough to beat him if that's the case? I don't think so. I'm not really too interested in the Phillies. I feel like that they might be a little bit over the top here. So, uh, you know, I would be rebuff, and then I'd be trying to get like a temporal handover in the race or, you know, like a, a, a closer like Perniculum from the back at a big price. That's how I would like to play it. So rebuff to win it, try to fill out the exotics with prices. Well, Mark uh, think, hopes the weather holds. He's thinking a price to win the Hambo. Now, Mark, come on. You can't say a price can win the Hambo. you got to give us a horse here. Marty says rebuff. I'm also on team rebuff. But Ray will give you credit. God, it pains me to give credit to Ray when credit's due. But I guess we got to give it. Ray said last year on the Breeders' Crown show as a two-year-old that Joviality yeah. was going to make a big name for herself this year. So yeah. Ray is not yeah. leaving the Joviality train. Nah, not nah, nah, not not in this case especially. Not not when you have speed and temporal handover and you have a nice gritty horse in periculum. And on top of all of that, I don't think Joviality's racing on the front here. Her game has always been chasing. She's been put on the front because when you're in these races and you're the best, you go to the front, you get the job done, end of story. But this time around, I don't think I think they're going to try and test her buff in whatever way they can and Joviality is going to be put into the most prime spot possible, and at that point, it's whether she's good enough or not. Who's she I chasing? think she's good enough. Who's, Who's she going to lead every race this year? Almost every call. But she's not. She's not going to the lead in this race. There's no chance, Garnet. No. I that that yeah. I'm no saying chance. she's not going to the lead. She's racing for most of but as Ray is I'm not saying she's going to the lead, but he's saying her game has always been chasing, and I'm looking at the program saying where. Last oh, well, yeah, no, but this is going back to you know when she was a uh, one year old and she was in the field. <laughs> well, no, but, but keep, know, keep in mind, too, race best performances keep in, no, keep in mind, too, that she lost the Jim Doherty because she was on the lead and she was over raced. She's always raced better from behind. She's just gotten so good. Who is she chasing here? Who, you tell me which horse you think she's going to be following in this race. I, there's a part of me that thinks Periculum first over, if not, maybe Rebuff first over. So I, she's going to be following a horse. Well, 
Let's start with Periculum. If she's yeah. found Periculum, he's probably parked a mile. I don't yeah. know that that's ideal. Yeah. Um, I don't, in my mind, and maybe I'm wrong here, mm -hmm. I don't see anyone following rebuff. I, I think Timmy's going to wait for the dust to settle and make a quick brush to the front. You know, and if they beat him, they beat him. I don't know that they will. But uh, to me, I keep looking at this and thinking Joviality is going to be first over. And uh, my other problem is I look at who she's beaten, and I'm not impressed with any of the horses she's right. beaten this year. She really hasn't beaten anything spectacular in my mind. Do I think she's a, a really good horse? Absolutely. You know, she's a really good horse. She could certainly win this race. She's just not a horse I'm excited to bet. Uh, that makes well, Derek, with that in mind, who are you excited to bet in this race? Uh, I'm betting Rebuff. I mean, uh, but is is Rebuff the only horse that can win the race? No. I mean, if you tell me Rebuff's three to five, then yeah, I'm, I probably wouldn't bet him. I, I would, you know, think somewhere in the seven to five range is what I would hope to get. You know, uh, I like Temporal Hanover a little bit. I thought that I think that every single one of Temporal Hanover's races this year has been good, and you know, he could certainly take air. He's got a top driver in the bike, so I, I like him a little. Other He's going to get lost, um, too. He'll get lost on the board, I think, too. 100%. Yeah, I, I agree. He could be. You know, it really comes down to how heavy they bet rebuff in the race, you know. But I'm rebuffing Temporal Hanover, and you know what? I'm not overly excited about any of the other horses in the race. Wow. I think almost any of them can win. I would say – there's no way in my mind looks like money can win. Other than that, any other horse, if you told me they were standing in the winner's circle, I wouldn't be shocked. I think, you know, it's a decent field. Though I think Rebuff has really stamped himself as the best in the field. I mean, he won that elimination last week. He was just sitting there, you know, mm -hmm. da, 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 da. he had the race won. There was no chance he was losing. Start before, 49-4. and four. I mean... He's he's a horse that looks like he's clearly the best right now, unless someone steps up. Who's going to step up? I don't know. Temporal Hanover, uh, this is for Ray. Temporal Hanover, no shoes. Um, I think no shoes. Jovi Ali has to go no shoes, right? Curriculum, no shoes. Uh, I think Jiggy Jog wore no shoes last time. Yeah. I assume she'll wear no shoes this time. But I believe Oki or Aki is going to wear shoes. So whatever that's for. <laughs> that's going to weigh him down a couple of pounds, though, don't you think? Like maybe like a pound and a half. Well, it depends what he puts in the shoes, you know. That's true. Well, Garnett, we'll go to you next for some thoughts. But, hey, we see your son Ace hanging around there in the background. He's a good handicapper. Does he have some thoughts for us? You have some thoughts for us? Come on, Ace. What do we got? He snuck into the frame? Uh, Rebuff. Yeah, yeah. That's all I got to say. Rebuff wow. Incredible insight. Garnett, what do you have to say? I'm a, You know what? I'm a rebuff temporal Hanover guy myself. I'm, oh, my I'm, God. I'm my, wow. I I this race can't be this obvious. Straight exactor on that, and maybe reverse it for ten. And uh, those are the two horses I'm going to be using multi-leg. That to me, Temporal Hanover is probably maybe the best value of the horses that could upset Rebuff. And I think um, there was absolutely nothing wrong with his race when he's first up uh, when when they slowed it down, and he, he you know he got out kicked by a horse that got kind of got lucky to get out really um, in Jiggy Jog S. And you know maybe this time he gets covered up. So. I, for me, I think he's the one that I most want to use, hoping he can upset Rebuff. But I agree that I think Rebuff's the best horse. I did have somebody tell me uh, last night, a Hall of Fame uh, writer, that Tietrich told him the one post he didn't want was the rail before the draw. Take that for what it's worth. He didn't want to be on the rail. Um, and, you know, the rail's not like it used to be at the Meadowlands, right? It used to be a huge advantage. Now, watching the races, watching the races tonight, um, 
it it reminds me of Mohawk. If there's four or five guys that want to leave from the middle of the gate, man, you're you're not going to get out of there any better than third or fourth most races. So, um, but I I do agree with Derek that I think he's just going to let the dust settle and make a move to the front anyways. Even if he gets away fifth, he'll just you know he'll make one quick brush to the front on the backstretch. But uh, rebuff and Joe Temporal Hanover, I, I you know I'm not kind of excited about betting that exactly. I think yeah, that could pay in the neighborhood of 30, 35, 40 bucks. I think Temporal Hanover is going to get lost a bit. Like Mike said, I think uh, casual bettors that go there once a year don't know who the driver is, um, you know, unless they can read the media guide and find out that he's won some big races, they're going to shy away from him a little bit and, and, and bet the Dexter Duns and, and uh, they're going to take the money. Phillies too. That's the thing. And, and, the, and the Phillies are going to take, money. take money. So that's, you know, I'm kind of with the, the rest of the crew that have, have been on that bandwagon to myself I will go with a different horse underneath. I like the eight king of the north. Chasing him for a while. I think I'll take him maybe in that exact spot. Uh, yeah. But from our comments here, Mark likes the seven or the nine at a price. So we got further votes for temporal handover. And Douglas goes seven, one, four, six. There's another temporal handover vote. Wow. Robert, what do you think? Well, it's, it's going to sound like a broken record here. And uh, I, I think rebuff's the best in here. Now, the one thing I will say is that I agree with Garnet. I'm surprised that it's not like, you know, you, you drop him post two to six or pick your post because i do think the rail actually is is not advantageous anymore uh but rebuff i thought last time was was under wraps he was incredible fast as the wind was uh, kind of all out at least the start of the stretch drive to get near him and couldn't do it uh, and i think rebuff uh is the best in here and i don't know what price he's going to be I, I mean if seven to five that's probably around what he should be i think uh, he gets the job done uh, and temporal handover too. I'm using underneath the only price play that I, I'm throwing in somewhere in the exotics is going to be the four keg stand. But you know, for me, joviality. I thought she's been really you know good this year, and and hats off to Ray for calling that end of last year. I will give him kudos for that. But I thought she probably should have closed her her latest out uh, post ten. I get it, but thirty second third quarter, and and I don't know um, what happens during this race. I think Derek's right. The trip scenario might not be good for her. I don't think she can handle too much uh, adversity in this spot. All righty. Well, before we move on to giving out some uh, multi-race tickets, both the cross-country pick five and the late pick four of the Meadowlands, uh, Mike asks here in the comments uh, where our picks can be found online. I'm, I'm assuming we'll do both here, specifically for this Hambo card and in general. Uh, for me in general, of course, uh, I'm at the Meadowlands every weekend on the Simulcast feed. Selections there on our social media pages at the Meadowlands. Uh, this weekend in particular, I will be on set for, I believe, both the early and the late pick four tickets, uh, discussing with Dave Brower for one, Dave Little for the other. So my picks can all be found there. Uh, Derek? DRF.com slash harness. You go to that page, click on the top story. It's a Hamiltonian story about the, the Hamiltonian and the Oaks that I wrote. There's a whole bunch of links in there. One of the links, it says something like... Um, uh, staff picks or, or something along those lines, handicap picks, you'll have my picks, you'll have Ray picks, you'll have Mike's picks, you'll have Garnett's picks. They're all there for Hamiltonian Day, every single one of them, all 16 races. Uh, also in that top spot, drf.com slash harness, you'll also have uh, my full card analysis where I go in depth on every single you know race. So three, four, five horses deep, depending on the race. So that's where you find it. Garnett, uh, other plug for you for Ontario Racing? Yeah, uh, in addition to finding my picks on, on drfharness.com, I do uh, Ontario Racing picks on the ontarioracing.com page. Tips from the pros. You can find uh, myself and two other of my colleagues, Mike Carter and Melissa Keith, do every single B-track that races in Ontario every day. 
Mike, Nahu Picks plug. Yeah, NahuPicks.com. Uh, I'm doing Meadowlands for Saturday, uh, being that I did it for uh, DRF Harness this week. And, of course, my usual Mohawk spot, Hanover. Uh, we have Meadows this week, uh, as always. So Friday and Saturday for them. And uh, Sentry Downs, um, we're all over the place. Robert, the Horse Player Journal's author. Yes, the uh, Horse Players Journal at Mohawk Park. It's in the uh, program every single night. Uh, also do the live broadcast uh, for Grand River Raceway every Monday, Wednesday, uh, and Friday. Uh, do selections for Sarnia as well, Iowa at the Horse Park. I tweet everything out, so if you follow me on Twitter, at Robert Jr., you'll see uh, my selections for every track that I uh, do selections for and broadcast work for. Uh, and you know what? On Saturday, since no one asked me to provide picks for the cart, I will still put it on my Twitter page. And Ray, anything else? So, to plug? I got I got my stuff on drf.com slash harness and then horse racing nation, the thoroughbred platform will have a full card analysis for Hamiltonian Day at the Meadowlands, written by Ray Catolo. Whoever he may be. Busy. We're busy everywhere, everybody, every one of us. So that is uh, Mike to answer your question there from the comments. That's a lot of different places. You can look for all of our different selections for uh, all of these big days and uh, plenty of other racing besides just the Hamiltonian. We offer plenty of opinions on, but with that, we will go on and uh, give out some tickets here before we wrap up in the next couple of minutes. So we'll start with that uh, cross country pick five first. So again, this is the Hamiltonian Oaks race 12. The Meadowlands starts it. Then it is the Longines test stakes at uh, Saratoga grade one thoroughbred race. Then the Whitney Stakes, another grade one on the thoroughbred side at Saratoga. The Caesar Saratoga Derby Invitational Stakes, another grade one on turf to complete the Saratoga races. And then we come back to the Meadowlands for the Hamiltonian. So, again, a 50-cent base wager, cross-country pick five, Meadowlands 12, Saratoga 9, 10, 11, Meadowlands 15. Ray, give us your ticket and very brief, very brief thoughts on Saratoga. Oh, my God. You don't trust me at all, do you? Look, Hambo Oaks, 4-7, Manon and Baptism as the horses in the first leg of the cross country. Race 9 is the test, Matarea, whatever. Uh, life is good then in the Whitney. And then I spread in the Saratoga Invitational going 2-4-8-10, taking two of the European imports, making their second starts back, one for Appleby, one for... Aiden O'Brien, they should both improve off of that. And on top of that, they also come to a track that should hopefully be more closer friendly than that Belmont turf. Uh, and that two horse also is a sneaky little price off of the Belmont Derby. And then Joviality is a single in the Hambo. Uh, let's make, let's go a $4 ticket for 50 cents. Keep it real nice and simple. And if we don't hit, uh, we can still go to eat White Castle when we go home. Ugh, terrible idea. Oh, uh, you're wrong. I'll take a $6 play in the cross-country pick five. Three-five for me in the Oaks, Warwizenia, and Venerable. Uh, Saratoga race nine. So Saratoga, I think we got some beatable favorites here. Matarea, that will be a single. Two to five on the morning line. I'm sure single to many tickets. Race 10, I don't care if life is good. Give me Hot Rod Charlie and Olympiad. I'll go 2-4. And race number 11, Ray in your backyard in the Penn Mile. Annapolis Ooh. was deeply disappointing. So throw yeah. that favorite as well. Give me the nope. four, the nine, and the 10. Nations Pride, Classic Causeway, and Stone Age. And rebuff is a single in the Hamiltonian. $6 play for me, cross country. Pick five, Robert. I'm going to go with $3. Uh, I'm going to go four singles. Of course, Warwe Zinia is my uh, single in the Oaks. By the way, I'm rocking the Bob McClure uh, tumbler and the Bob McClure shirt. You probably noticed it. But, um, so single Warwe Zinia, singling Matarea, singling Life is Good, and then three, four, six, eight, nine, and 10. 
in the uh, fourth leg. Uh, it's the third race in the Saratoga sequence. And then rebuffs a single for me. So $3. Mike? Yeah, a little more for me. I, I, I'll spread out just a little bit. These these pick fives usually pay pretty good, too, these cross countries. Uh, Warwizinha, and we'll try Baptism for a price in the Oaks. Uh, Matarea, and then a horse that I really don't understand why isn't a test, and that's the four wish you well. George Weaver, he tends to win races at Saratoga. This horse broke. It's made in a golf stream and had an 85 buyer. So I'll include that one at a, at a big price in the test. Uh, I'll take the three obvious ones in the Whitney. Uh, Hot Rod Charlie, Olympiad, and uh, Life is Good. And then spread a little bit there in the turf race. Uh, I agree with Ray about uh, let me get to this one real quick um the a couple of godolphin horses that nation's pride uh, he was against it there at belmont stone age was against in that race that's the four and the ten i'll still use though classic causeway who first time on the turf won that big race at 26 to one and is going to be in front in that race and you're still going to get a price Annapolis, I thought, was very impressive at Belmont on July the 4th. Forget that pen race. That that race was a bog. Uh, this horse is, is very solid. And then Key Reap up in the last. So $24 for me. Garnett? I'm just going to give you a bunch of numbers because I'm tired. Uh, five, five and ten in the uh, in the Oaks. You know the ones I like there. Key Matarea, the one, two, four, six in the 10th. The 11th, I'm, I'm going deep, three, four, six, eight, ten. And in the Hambo, Rebuff and Temporal Hanover, one and seven, a $30 ticket. I'm going to play that one, too, for 50 cents. And Derek. Actually, I originally said I wasn't going to handicap this, but I was able to make it happen here. I'm going four and ten in the Oaks, uh, Menon and Fashion Schooner, so we're fading venerable. Uh, Matarea looks like a lock to me in the second leg. Uh, third leg, I'm going one, four, and five. I'm going to toss out the six to five morning line favorite which is life is good we're going to spread deep in the uh final saratoga lake three four six seven ten and then we're closing it out with rebuff and also temporal hanover thirty dollars for a 50 cent play and so as you heard from all of us here uh for those that are listening to this either as thoroughbred listeners or harness listeners and maybe are interested in this wager but aren't totally confident on the other side uh, i think you've got six of us right here reach out to any of us on social media we'll happily talk this sequence with you. I think all six of us play the thoroughbreds harness pretty regularly. So we all clearly have opinions on both. Um, but in particular, I think maybe we're talking more to the thoroughbred audience that usually is trying to come over to the harness side. So if you're interested in any of this, by all means, reach out. We'll happily talk the Oaks with you. We'll talk to Hamiltonian with you. We'll talk to you anything harness racing and we'll sure help you on your way to hopefully becoming more involved on the harness side of the game as a fan as well. Just uh, remember, last- if you're in New York, you can't bet the cross country pick five. No, no, not true. That is really? not true. Really? That's not you true? You can't bet it if you have a Naira Bets account. That's it. If right. you have no. any other ADW at any other harness track or whatever. you Such as DRF Bets, for example. DRF yes, Bets if, with its great sign-up bonus. Yeah, and and a really nice uh, rebate if you're going to play on <laughs> Handbook. <Indeed. bets>, you know? <laughs> I don't want to push it, but 5% rebate on exotic wagering. You know, you got to take your plugs where you can get them, Derek. What did they say? Come get some. All righty, late pick four time at the Meadowlands. $125,000 guaranteed pool. Races 12 through 15. Uh, $12 play for me. 3-5, Warwizinia, Venerable. Race 13, the Doherty, 146, Una Madonna, Mayana's Dream, and Mambasita. 
Race 14, the Cashman. I actually, you know what? I thought there were some options here. I mean, Araja 1, Nekiri D, they're the obvious ones. But uh, Quattro the Ulio, if anyone's going to beat Aki, I think that's the one. Rattle my cage, though, the third Aki I'll throw in. Rebuff is the single. $12 play. Ray, go. Uh, let's go all single. Screw it. Uh, baptism in race 12. Race 13, Graceful Patty. Race 14, Al Raja. Joviality, race 15. Let's just let's just go for it. Can Simple we enough. take bets on the over-under on how many legs he's going to get? I, I, I almost one and a half. Myself. One and a half? <laughs> I put it in two. Mike? Uh, so my ticket initially on the site had 3-5 in that first race. I'm going to add the seven there, Baptism, I think, is a price. I, I liked how Ray laid that out. So, of course, I'm going to – I think that one has a chance. Spread in the 13th, one, two, four, five, six, seven. I'll use the two obvious ones in the 14th, the Rajawan, Ekiri D, and then key rebuff. So it'll be 36. Robert. For me, uh, yeah, I'm going to go $3 again. I'm just going to spend 3 bucks. Where are we, Xenia? Single. Uh, I'm actually going to add a horse. I added a horse into my uh, into the uh, next leg uh, based on the information Derek said. Adding in the 9 uh, Runella, I was going to go 5 deep. Now I'm going to go 6 deep with the 1, 2, 6, 7, 9, 10. Uh, Singling uh, Alaraj one and singling uh, rebuffs. So just $3. And Garnett? A $12 play for me, five and 10 in the Oaks, uh, Venerable Fashion Schooner, one, two, four, five, six, ten 10 in the next leg, singling the superstar Alaraja one, and then uh, rebuff and temporal Hanover in the last leg, five, 10 with one, two, four, five, six, 10 with four, with one, seven. And Derek? I got to hang out with Robert more because he seems like a cheap date with all these $3 tickets. Uh, I'm not I spending would, $3, I... though. Ooh. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't. It's going to be pushed a few times. <laughs> I went uh, 10X on Robert's with a $30 ticket. I went 3, 4, and 10. Uh, Warwizinia, Mannion, and Fashion Schooner in the Hamiltonian Oaks. Then we went uh, 2, 5, 6, 7, 9 in the Doherty uh, using uh, both Al Raja and. Is that right? Al-Raja, yep. And Akiri D in the uh, Cashman. And we'll close it out with Rebuff and Temporal Hanover. $30. So there are some late pick four tickets with us. And I guess just to quickly acknowledge all 16 races, let's see, I'll, I'll throw people on the spot very quickly. So race one is a non-wears 20,000. Good way to start us off. Post time 12.02, I believe, listed. So we will get Virgo! Virgo! Race two, it is the Phillies and Mares Open Handicap. Race three, Ray will come to you the trot. The John Steele Memorial, that goes for 145000 Atlanta versus Bella Bellini. Quick, yeah, 10 second I, thought, go. All right, if I've ever seen a bridge worth jumping off, it's Bella Bellini, baby. Let's go all the way. Uh, race four, we got the Muscle Hill Trot for 50000 Race five, we discussed that Peter Houghton Memorial. Race six, the Continental Victory for the uh, three-year-old Philly Trotters. That's a field of 12 there. Second tier starts for 11 and 12. Race seven, the Shady Daisy going for 92000 Derek, quickly, max contract, Treacherous Dragon, quick thoughts. Uh, Treacherous Dragon has lost my support. Max contract, I think she's the top one in there. If you want a long shot, I think Sweet Treasure might be ready to throw a big race in there. Race eight is the Cane Pace. We discussed that one. Race nine, the Lady Liberty TVG free for all. Uh, Garnett, can they beat? Test of faith here? Absolutely not. <laughs> Test of Faith is in that race along with the Lion Sentinel, Blue Diamond Dies. Mike, any thoughts of anyone besides Test of Faith? Uh, what about Michaela getting an inside draw there? I mean, she's she's beaten the favorite before. She gets a much better post, and, you know, she's fast. She's going to get the jump, especially with Brennan back. 
Race 10, Sam McKee Memorial, we discussed that. Race 11, the Vincennes Trot. Races 12 through 15, we all discussed. And race 16, non-winners of 10,500. Uh, thinking of someone who looked at this race. Robert, if you looked at this race, we have a get-out play if we need it at the end of the day? White cookie. White cookie. <laughs> that won't get you out, though. No, it won't get won't. me out. It won't get me out. Well, a high five. I mean, well, yeah, well, we'll Robert's $3 something. tickets. It might get him out. Yeah, we'll, we'll figure it out. Some of us are planning to be ahead after the 15th race, Edison. <laughs> And that 16th race will go off at 7.14. So we have a fantastic, fantastic 16-race card at the Meadowlands uh, Saturday starting at 12 noon. Have plenty of uh, commentary throughout the day. We've got all sorts of interview guests lined up on set at the Meadowlands throughout the day. And one of those includes Garnett Barnesdale, I think, pretty early in the day after race two or after race three. And Garnett before we wrap up here, Garnett, uh, really quickly, tell us a little bit about why you're here early this week uh, with the workshop that you're doing for the Meadowlands as part of this Hambo Week. Yeah, so the Clyde Hurd Journalism Workshop, uh, we recruit three university students that know absolutely nothing about harness racing, and we kind of take them from the ground up, teaching them, first of all, what the sport's all about, and then teaching them how to write stories about harness racing. And I think one of the students is going to spend time doing television. So two of the three... Uh, one of the students already wrote a story that's published for DRF to Harness, uh, for Derek. And, um, you know, we've done a lot of, tomorrow morning we're going to Ray Schnicker's uh, barn. So we'll see King of the North and, and uh, get a chance to talk to Ray and get to see the Hall of Fame. Today we spent some time at the New York Post. They had their stories edited by some New York Post editors, which was really cool. And um, uh, they spent some time in the starting gate car tonight watching races, which uh, if anybody's never done that, it's one of the best, probably the best place to watch a race from. And it's fun. To get to get the perspective of how fast they're really going. And uh, yeah, so uh, we've, uh, myself and my son Ace have been assisting uh, Debbie Little with that all week. And uh, my car's getting a workout, but I put a bunch of, put new tires on it before I left town and got some work done. So hopefully it can make it through. A little bit of Giants training camp in there as well. I saw a couple of the students that. questions. Now that, that was like kid in a candy store for me. We, we actually, uh, we met the head coach who used to be the Buffalo Bills offensive coordinator. And he was the nicest guy like the nicest guy. I, I hope he, I really hope he gets some success with the giants because he did a lot of good things with the bills. And they also asked a couple of good questions there uh, to Tim teacher today during driver Q and a and uh, Garnett, I know your social medias, uh, Twitter and Facebook have had plenty of photos of what the students have been up to. So for anyone more curious there, they can definitely check out Garnett's social medias. Uh, but with that, uh, racing fans, we thank you for joining the six of us here this evening to discuss this Hamiltonian card. I will run through all of those Promos one more time here. Again, we uh, thank In The Money Media as well as Meadowlands Racing Entertainment for their sponsorship of this show. And uh, Hamiltonian number 97, Saturday, the greatest day in harness racing, Saturday, August the 6th. Doors will open at 10 a.m., first post, 12 noon. Again, it's $5 to get in, but you do get a free hat. Again, this Ooh. is last year's hat. Should nice be hat. very similar to this one. Garnett's I think got it's probably this one. Garnett's got a couple of them posted there behind him. And, uh, yeah, several other hats being worn here as well, Meadowlands hats. Um, again, there's plenty of dining options as well, lounge and cafe dining all available, um, and you can purchase dining options. Take a look at all of that at playmetalands.com or call 201-BIG-M. Again, we've already discussed the racing action we'll see on track. It's over $3 million at stakes. It includes that Hamiltonian, the Hamiltonian Oaks, Sam McKee Memorial, the Kane Pace we discussed, the John Cashman, and all those other stakes races, and really just 16 phenomenal races in general, as well as seven and a half hours of great entertainment throughout the day. Entertainment includes the live music, carnival rides and games, pony rides, Meet and greet with the Hambo Pony, the food trucks that I'm certainly looking forward to on Saturday. A Hambo hat contest, over $1,000 in prizes. 
And for those that have participated in the Masterminds contest that we've been having at the Meadowlands, the grand prize drawing for $10,000 for the lucky fan that won one of the nightly contests, that'll be drawn after race 12 on Hamiltonian Day. So I think that just about covers everything we have. Um, again, uh, many, many different ways to watch the Hamiltonian. Uh, COZA will have their broadcast starting at uh, 1 p.m. Eastern time. There will be the CBS Sports Network broadcast starting 6 to 7 p.m., Dave Brower, Greg Blanchard on that set. Uh, Fox Sports, America's Day at the Races, will feature Gabe Pruitt, Jessica Otten. They'll be on Fox Sports 2, races 3 through 12. Race 15, the Hamiltonian, will be on Fox Sports 1. And again, races 12 and 15, those are the two in the cross-country pick 5. And the Meadowlands simulcast feed will be featured uh, in-house, of course. You can watch it through all your favorite ADWs. And it will be streamed on the Meadowlands Facebook and YouTube channels. Ray, did I get everything there? uh that 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 sounds right one of you can like just also broadcast off your phone if you want i think that is everything but again a lot of different ways to watch hamiltonian day so no excuses not to watch hamiltonian day uh but with that edison hatter here thanking mike Probozzi, garnett barnsdale ray catola robert reed jr Derek givner and quietly in the background we thank aj for producing this great show for us we thank all of you out there for listening and we will wish you the best of luck this saturday on your hamiltonian wagering endeavors <laughs>